not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Three, two, one. The third unbeaten game of Mick McCarthy's reign and a first win for the big Irishman from Yorkshire. And what a game to do it in. The seven-side derby, Cardiff come away from Ashton Gate with three points and a 2-0 win. It's another episode of View from the Ninian, and I'm joined, as usual, by Ben Price in the green Cardiff City shirt. Ben, how are you? Very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, all good. Thank you. Can't complain. And Tom Phillips is joining us as well in a shirt that we won't talk about because it's already caused some controversy here. Tom, you all right? Yes, I'm fine. Thank you. That makes it sound a lot dodgier than it is. It's just a rugby shirt. Yeah, and you don't know what the controversy is. Is it over the three feathers? Is it the fact that it's a rugby shirt? Is it the fact that it's an old rugby shirt? The, the listeners will never know. That's a good point. Or is it the swastika on the back? It's the swastika on the back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the alleged swastika on the back. Um, ben, only one place to start. That's the Bristol game yesterday. Obviously... We all know what the seven-side derby means, and it was even sweeter to come away from Ashton Gate with three points, a clean sheet, two goals. Um, first question, were we good? We were. We were really good. Um, doesn't take away from the fact that Bristol, as some people already said in the questions, but Bristol were shite. Mm-hmm. But we made them shite. We made them look even worse than they actually were. We were solid at the back, looked like we had ideas going forward, and midfield looked solid. It was a very, very enjoyable enjoyable there can't speak enjoyable performance in a game that like two minutes before kickoff i was sent my missus it's a derby it's a big derby first and i'm not really asked within five minutes that changed because i really really enjoyed the game tom i mean what what changed for you yesterday in the game you know ben says about a solid defense we were good in attack we got the ball wide was there anything that stood out for you I think we looked organised. We knew what we were doing. It looks like whatever Mick McCarthy's trying to instil in the players is starting to come across. And, you know, he's getting the best out of the likes of Volks and Rawls in midfield. Um, we're playing with three in the back and it's working for the first time as well. So I think, yeah, people are starting to believe in what he's saying. Not believe it, just listen to what he's saying and, and starting to make it work on the pitch now. Yeah, I was going to say that the kind of key things that, that kind of came from yesterday's game for me, Ben, were solid defensive play. You know, people ranted about Flint beforehand. Nelson hasn't been great this season, but they weren't really troubled yesterday. And that included, obviously, the um, the substitution of Phillips for for Alex Smithies, which, as we understand it, Smithies is is fine. It was just a kind of momentary blip where he, he was sick and, and, and unwell, so that's good to hear. Um, and the midfielders are finally playing well. Um, Vox and Rolls have come in for praise particularly, but Vox, um, yesterday was particularly good. It feels like this is what Mick McCarthy's all about, isn't it? That organisation and that solid, solid if simple play. It was back to basics. Players like like Tom said, players play to their strengths. It's what we've all been asking for for a while, and Mick's fine. Mick was quick to get that in play. You've got someone like Volks. Quick Mick. Quick Mick. Volks was just like the key. Is probably the most Mick McCarthy player we have in the squad. He works his bollocks off for ninety minutes straight. And putting the right system can really be effective. And we saw that against Bristol. Absolutely fantastic. Didn't stop for 90 minutes and was back to a shithousery best. He he actually topped the, the kind of chances created list as well. He, he created four chances across the game. Um, ahead of Kiefer Moore, Shea Joe and Harry Wilson, who all got two each. And Henry Lansbury, but um, we don't like him. Um, Tommy... Is... Vox seemed like the, one of the, the, the biggest players who suffered under Harris, right? He was playing this role in midfield where it basically required him to hoof it away every time he got it. He's not 
perhaps the best footballer in the world, but he seems to do better when he can get the ball at his feet and actually pick a pass. Yeah, I think with Volks as well, when he ticks, we ticked as well. When we had that run, um, when the football came back after the first lockdown, he went on a bit of a spurt, didn't he? And he played really well in that block of games. And when he played well, we played well. Because when he plays well, he sets the intensity for the team. And it's starting to happen again now. So if it continues, if he starts performing, it's really key to us stringing results together. Um, ben, you mentioned the phrase back to basics. Uh, the next point I've got here was it was classic Cardiff goals, wasn't it? A whipped in free kick, then a whipped in cross from basically exactly the same position, a defender with a header, a striker with a header. It's simple as that when it comes to football, isn't it? Yeah, it was just put the ball into good areas where people can attack the ball. I think that ball by Odra for Kiefer's goal was fucking outstanding. Apps just well, Wilson's, Wilson's free kick was spot on and as Wilson's, well, right? You yeah. put it right into that corridor where keepers don't know what they're doing, right on the six-yard box where keepers think, should I come? Defenders should deal with it and no one could deal with it. No, and it was great to see Nelson after, let's face it, having a really, really rough patch pick up a goal. It's going to do, I know he's a centre-back and he's, he's judged on the clean sheets, but a goal's going to do good for anyone's confidence. So, yeah, and it showed sort of, but again, not conceding early is a big thing that we haven't done for a while. And it gave us a really, really solid platform to build on. And the early goal from us then, it was just wicked. Well, I say early goal, it took about 10 minutes. Wicked. To get off. wicked. And then it was wicked Yakashan. Wicked Yakashan. All right, Ali G. Um, I think that takes more to 11 goals for the season, Tom. Um, I wrote, will he reach 20? But Benefactor asks, without jinxing it, jinxing it, what should Kiefer's realistic goal target be this season? I mean, we've still got about half the season left. I think that was 27 games yesterday. So there's still about 19 games to go, um, which obviously is actually well, under, well over under half. But, you know, my maths was off. How many can Kiefer Moore score? I think I think he'd be aiming for 20. And I think he could get a couple more than that because he's an absolute pain in the ass for defences. Like mm-hmm. he pops up at goals, but he creates so much elsewhere as well. But I, I just I just see him scoring most games. I'm almost shocked when he doesn't for us. It's just it, it's no coincidence that when he was injured is when we went on our losing run. Like he is integral to everything that we do at the moment. Ben, it's also more scores all types of goals, doesn't he? Yes, he scores a few with his head, but his goal against Millwall, for example, was a classic through ball that he ran onto. Um, he's just, as Tom says, he's a pain in the ass, but he's also a bloody good striker, isn't he? He's a fantastic striker that's really worked hard over the last few years to sort of develop his game and become that complete striker. Um, it's probably just a bit unfortunate for him. What's he, 28 now? 28, yeah, 28. 28. If he could have found this form probably two years earlier... Um, no doubt he'd be looking at a move to the Premier League this year uh, for the next season. But does that worry you? Because I mean, I, I I know what you say. I think I think footballers footballers ceiling now seems to be when they hit 30, 31, That's almost them written off now, right? Like before it was sort of mid thirties, you'd still get a move. But now once you pass thirty one, thirty two, do you think there's a danger that this summer, Ben, that a Premier League team could be looking at him if a Championship team go up and look at someone? They want to buy from the league below. Kiefer Moore's got to be up there, right? Possibly. But also, like we said, I think the big thing we've got, the one fact we've got is his age. At 28, it seems like a lot of clubs don't want to go for that age striker now. And worryingly, 28, as I say, is now I've just turned 30. Seems to be too old for Premier League. Weird, so, isn't it? It's horrible saying that. Oh, it's grim, yeah. Let's, let's go you, would have, you would have no hope of making it to the Premier League. I've got even less than hope. 
at my age. I still a chance yet. Let's not go too wild. All right, sorry, mate. Still holding on. <laughs> um, I, I I think Kiefer Moore, twenty eight, with a lovely head of hair that he's got. I think he's a very lucky boy. Um, Tom, I, we, we talked about going back to basics, but I, I want to pick out some of the stats from yesterday. Um, we. Uh, 143 passes in total, 95 in the opposite half. We had more at top of the shots list, folks, at the top of the chances created. Feels like we're going back to the best of Warnock ball, doesn't it? Direct, get the ball forward, and simply win games. It's playing to our strengths, isn't it? Like, you look at our possession stats yesterday, it was pretty low. But you look, we've we created chances. We had a shed load of corners, do you know what I mean? We had a lot mm. of chances. We could have arguably scored more. And, you know, McCarthy's seen that. And, yeah, we, we're just getting the ball full quicker, like you said. And and that's not necessarily Warnock ball. But, yeah, it's just... It clearly wasn't working when we were trying to pass the ball about as much as we were in the Harris. So, yeah, he's in for a short-term um, period, Mick. So he's going to just go back to basics, isn't he? Well, you'd hope so. Um, and that's three unbeaten now under Mick McCarthy, Ben. Um is there a chance that we can go on an even longer run? We, we've kind of looked ahead to some of the fixtures. We've got Rotherham coming up. Is there a chance that we could go five, six, seven games unbeaten now? A hundred percent. The players seemingly are playing with like a lot of confidence. You've got then a couple of players to come back in, like Johnny Williams, that will, will offer something completely different to what we've got. You've got Bakuna, who's still not really had a decent run in midfield. And um, Waters still to come in as well and have a run. I think we're in a really good place at the moment. I'm not saying we're going to push for the playoffs, but we can go on a nice little run that will pull us away from that sort of area that you really, really don't want to be when it comes to relegation. Sounds like we're you think we're going to make the playoffs, Ben. What do you think, Tom? It's quite funny how the unbeaten ones. I feel unbeaten. Like if I was anything other than a win yesterday, it would have been eight without a win. So it. I'm not it's all about too... it's all about it's all about spinning it. I work in PR. I've got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's definitely positive, and I think like you look at that fixtures coming up, and we've got a chance of going on a bit of a run. I think it is. I know we're only just over halfway, but I think, I think the gap between us and the playoffs are, is too much now. Um, but you know, it's promising. I see us going up the table in the next month or so. You think the gap's too much to the playoffs at the moment? The gap is eleven points. Yeah, that's quite um, a lot. What was the gap when Neil Harris came in? Does anyone remember? I always forget this. I don't think it was 11. I think it was like eight or nine. Was I think you're probably much? right. Yeah, it was quite a lot. It we called back quite a big distance. Because after the after the after the after the restart, we basically went 10, 11 games with only losing one. I think it was, and we won mo- the majority of those. Um, there's a chance we got a longer time because it felt like at Project Restart last year we were sort of. 12th, 11th in the table, and we really went on the run. So basically what I'm saying is there's a chance, Tom and Ben. There's a chance. Of course there's a chance. But I told you. I've said it every week, and it's plucky eighth, mate. It's plucky eighth. That's what we're is that what we're aiming for? for? Plucky eighth. That's what we're aiming right. for. That's what we're going to end up in. Right, before we get into the next section, um, I'm caught asking you for your predictions now. Where are we going to end in the table, Tom? Plucky eighth. Ben? 11th. All right, I'll go, I'll go. I'll go tenth. I'll go in the middle. I'll go in the middle. Right. I thought um, I'd be the pessimistic one there. I thought you were just going to go sixth. We're in. Uh, I might go, go sixth. Why not? All right, I'll go sixth. I've changed my mind. I'll go sixth. Um, I mean, why not? Why not? You know, stranger things have happened. We said this, I think, pretty much last year as well, <laughs> and we got into the playoffs. Um, fifth, yeah. 
Yeah, we finished fifth. Like, and I thought we would scrape sixth, and we actually finished sixth, fifth quite comfortably. Um, I, I, I've kind of got a section next, which is called "We Never Turn Up in the Derby Games," um, and this is Ben because of you know. Twitter on a Derby day seems to be awash with Cardiff fans saying that we never turn up in Derby games, that we always save our worst performances for Derby games. Firstly, Ben, is that true? No. Tom? Uh, depending on which Derby. Well, both. Seven side or Swansea? Well, I I think we've been... Like, the seven side Derby is back and forth. Like, there's some games we've been awful, but we've won a couple in, like, in recent years as well, where since the Premier League one with Swansea... I know we've only played them a few times. We just, we haven't shown up. It depends when you measure it from, isn't it? I think in recent memory for a lot of our younger fans, the Swansea game, we have not shown up for at all, but Bristol's been a bit... We showed up in the Swansea game last year, the nil-nil. No, we didn't. I was just drab. We didn't show up, did we? We didn't perform we well. We a better team. Or ever so slightly. I think we passed them off the pitch. We had the better chances. We passed them off the pitch. You're clutching Tom, a bit. We passed them off the pitch. We passed them off the pitch. All right, mate. All right. <laughs> I just, it's, it's, it's like a, co- a comment that comes up all the time and I think yesterday I said it in our, in our WhatsApp chat I just said it's a half truth right Ben it feels like that especially as Tom said with the seven side derby over the last few years it's gone back and forth I mean if you go back to 2016-17 we actually did the double over them so where does that come from is it just uh, Cardiff fans being pessimistic and dour yeah, I think that we're, if there's one thing we're good at, it's moaning and being negative on ourselves. But um, you look at our record, I don't think like the South First to Seven Side Derby is like a 50 50 thing. Christ, for since we've probably, I think since we've moved to the Cardiff City Stadium, we've had the better of them yeah. a hell of a lot more than they've had yeah. of us. I think two or three I can think of where they've done us. I um, think in the last, in the last, six it's gone back and forth that we've won and lost but 2016-17 we did double the first year in the in the kind of city stadium we definitely did double because i remember us beating them at home and then we obviously beat them 6-1 away from home yeah. um and we beat them in the fa cup and we turned to be fair we turned up for the home leg uh, the home leg of the derby this year just five minutes late yeah we just couldn't score yeah we just spent the whole and time even- we dominated them both times in these games yeah. we've been the better side by far it's just they got that one lucky goal because of one stupid error and we couldn't have scored that day even if we were still playing now. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And the one we lost when Omar Bogle was sent off, we were as good as them on that day as well. It's just Omar Bogle got sent off and it it tripped us up. Um, that was the 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 one in the in the in the promotion year. Um and the Swansea game, Tom, you look at the Swansea game in since 2010, beating them three times, lost four, drawn one. Um I know in yeah. recent years you'd say, but like I don't. I just don't think it's as bad as people make out, Tom. That's what I'm saying. No, no, I agree with you. It's not as bad as people make out. It's just it's interesting where you've picked the cutoff point with that, isn't it? The three times. The three times were a while ago. Well, no, it's just because 2010 is like a recent memory in my view. And I know there were games before that where we we lost at them at the Liberty. But then if we go back to 2002, we would have beaten them in the Premier Cup final, all that kind of stuff. Like you have to draw <laughs> the line somewhere, don't you? Yeah, I, I know. Just draw the line at 2010. But I think a lot of the moaning on Twitter will come from our younger fan base as well. And I don't think they'd look back at, as far as 2010 is what I'm saying. But well, I, I, mean, I think... Again, to that point, the two derbies that people cite where we, we did really well against Swansea were the Chopra last-minute winner and the Bellamy last-minute winner, which were 10 years ago. Yeah, but what I'm saying, like the last what, four times we've played them, we've been woeful. That's where, this is where the rumour comes from. Not the rumour, the myth, sorry. That we don't turn up. I don't. I don't agree. I don't. I think we do turn up, but I think what is causing this is the recent games against Swansea. Yeah, I. I, I don't disagree, but I just think. I just think that people have selective memories. 
Yeah, I agree. Agreed. Um, Dan, you stayed quiet in this bit. Um, do you want to I was say just really about... enjoying it, to be honest. Just watching <laughs> you two say... proper, <laughs> passive, aggressive, angry with each other. It was brilliant. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the one wearing the three feathers on my shirt at the moment. So, um... oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, like, I, I had this, it was a conversation this week about um, referees and things like that. And it's like, people always think that their team is hard done by, ref- by referees because the only decisions they actually see and actually study are the ones that go against them. And I feel like they, there's just a magnification with this mixed with this selective memory and the fact that Cardiff City fans are just dour as fuck sometimes. Like we would, we, most Cardiff City fans are never more happy than when they're utterly miserable and, uh, you know, having a shit time at being a football fan, right? Like there are so many Cardiff fans who go to games just to, just to be angry at the team. It's like and the bloke that comes behind from. me that calls them. It's like the bloke behind me that calls them rent boys when things are going well. Yeah, it's like I think I've said this story before. When we played Reading and we lost three 0 at the start of last season, and Callum Patterson was coming back from injury, came on the pitch within five minutes. The guy behind me was going, "He's a fucking useless prick, Callum Patterson." Just after he scored five goals in the Premier League as a right back turned striker, like I just think Cardiff fans are just you know masochistic in that sense. And that I don't think we're alone on that. I think all football fans are. I think so as well. And again, that comes back to my point about referees. You study the things you know the best. So I know Cardiff City fans better than yeah. any other football fans. So I think they're more miserable because they're the only ones I'm exposed to. It's yeah. basically what I'm saying is I've got not really got a conclusion. I just wanted to talk about it because I thought it was funny. <laughs> You're very ranty today, Ben. Oh, I'm just like <laughs> I just I think it's just lockdown, isn't it? I've been cooped up for too long. Christ, when they say moving home is the most stressful thing you can do. I didn't think it would come out in you in this form. To be honest, like, it's, I'm quite relaxed about moving home because we're doing it over a period of time. So, like, You're so don't... relaxed, you're ragging on referees and Cardiff City fans. Yeah, sorry to and any Tom. Cardiff City fans who take offence yeah. to that. Yeah. Fuck off, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> going to mute you. going to mute you now. Um, right, we'll leave that there to no conclusive proof. But we'll go to the Twitter questions first. Uh, ben, I'll come to you first on this one. Nigel Blues asks, fantastic win, domineer display, everyone great, but can you judge what percentage was due to Cardiff intensity and brilliance and what percentage was down to the Wurzels being unbelievably dire? I can't decide, but Rotherham will be a sterner test and we'll know better then. Absolutely loved it, though. You, you said that at the start, right? Bristol were bad, but we were good. So what was the most, what was the, the, the defining factor in your opinion? I think we wanted it more. Bristol reminded me that like really seemed very similar to two, three weeks before Harris got sacked. Just clueless, frustrated, and just, yeah, a team not in a good place. Very low on confidence, whereas we seem to be on the up. There was players there, like Harry Wilson, like I don't think he got enough, we really brought him up, but he was good. He like aside from all those sort of shit that was sort of the performance you want to see from Harry Wilson. He was just what you wanted. He was creative, he was industrious and sort of just wasn't sulky and drifting back. He was in the right places you want him to be. And so the same with Ojo, it was the best they've played in months. And that can't be a coincidence It's since Mick came in and since Wilson got dropped for a couple of games. It's interesting you say that about Bristol. They are definitely a team on the on the on the drop out of their last five games. They've lost four, um, only won one, um, and that's really shit, really, because they won the league back in August. So um, <laughs> it's it's miserable they somehow managed to lose the league after winning it. 
Um, Tom, question from Benefactor, the rasping dog himself. Uh, width and crosses into the box. Does Kiefer's goal yesterday prove that we need more crosses from that natural width? Best goal of the season for us, in his opinion. I mean, we've got even Hoyler, even Murphy are good at crossing the ball, right? So our most natural gameplay should be get it wide and get it in the box. Yeah, it's just what works for us. And then what wasn't working about a month ago was the fact that Kiefer wasn't there to be the end of it. And our game plan didn't really change too much, but you know you can't rely on the likes of Glatzel to score in those positions. So, yeah, we just keep doing it, definitely, because we score from corners and we score from crosses, you know. So, yeah, and more of the kicks. same. And free kicks, yes. Set pieces. Yes, goal was a free, yeah, set, pe- set pieces is a, apart from throw <laughs> Are throw-ins a set piece, though? Yeah. Like, you'll be a right pedantic bastard today, aren't you? But are they? Are they? Yeah, they are a set piece, yeah. <laughs> you think they're a set piece? Tom, do you agree? Yeah. For the sake I agree of this, as yeah. well. I agree as well. <laughs> um, ben, Gonzo McKenzie, after on so many occasions saying we can't play through at the back, we play through at the back, including Flint, and look solid and composed. After arguing Hoover over who plays number 10, we play with two number 10s. Might Mick McCarthy be actually quite good after all? I mean, that's just... The, the base of this question, um, not to put words in Gonzo McKenzie's mouth, is playing players in the natural position works. Yeah, it's sort of what, it, like we said earlier, it's what we've been crying out for for weeks if not mm-hmm. months, is players playing where they should be played. Um, I do quite like the idea where he was sort of looking at who he can play as 10 and went, ah, fuck it, I'll play both of them. I did yep. enjoy that. But, um, yeah, it was, like, I don't think anyone's ever questioned Mick. I don't think any City fans questioned McCarthy as a manager. We all know he's a good manager. It was more with his appointment, it was the short-termism of it, sort of. It was the same old story. It wasn't that. There's no, I don't think there's any City fans got anything against Mick McCarthy. I think most of us quite like him because he's quite a Daryl bastard himself. Yeah. It's more sort of the issue comes from higher up where the sort of next yeah. stage of Cardiff City is. That's sort of where it's all come from. I think clearly Mick McCarthy's a good manager. You don't manage as long as he does without being a good manager. I agree. I agree on that front. Uh, Toggers, the players looked like they knew what they were doing, which is a big plus. Could have been three or four if we'd have taken our chances through on goal. Good performance, though, looked comfortable comfortable at times. Tom, to what extent did our shape nullify their attacking threat, or the, were they just shit? That theme keeps coming up. Personally, like seeing a wing-back so high up, and I'll whisper it, I thought Flint played well in the back three. NG is, is showing how to play as, a, as an attacking wing-back, isn't he? He's up and down the pitch, he's got that attacking intent and that work rate, Tom. And Flint is playing in a back three for Flint, Flint good because you've got two players to cover his weaknesses. Yeah, and I think it's good for the other centre-backs at the moment as well because they weren't exactly in fantastic form a few weeks ago as well. So having three of them there allows them to have a little bit of a balls up every now and again. But yeah, NG's proving to be a steal, isn't he? Like yeah. we've been crying out for someone to get up and down that flank for a long, long time. And um, he's doing it. And he's young. And, you know, He's only going to get better over the next couple of seasons. So... Yeah, he's, he's proven to be an absolute steal. But yeah, in terms of was it Bristol being shit, I think so. I think I played a huge part in it. Like you look on Twitter amongst the Bristol City fans, the things they were moaning about was their performance again and Wilson being a bastard. I didn't realise how many football fans hate Wilson until the last few weeks. It's not just them. I, I, I don't know if it's because I'm in like the Welsh bubble where I just think everyone loves him. But like these games recently, people hate him. They find him a right moany bastard, don't they? I think I think it also comes from a time when he was at Derby because yeah. one he was really good at Derby, but he was also a bit of a shit house when he was at Derby, and I think he throw he throws himself into tackles. He he knows how to win free kicks. He rolls around on the floor a little bit, but he also gets stuck in. Um, so I think Peter, there's just a legacy of him being a, a bit of a shit house. 
Um, same question again from Sean Collins. Were we really that good or Bristol that bad? I didn't watch it, so I'd like to know. Good win, nevertheless. I think we've answered your question, Sean. Um, and Ben, the last question from Dynasty, spelt like Dennis Powers, but with T in it, which I think is a great Twitter nice. name. At what point will Mick get the respect that Warnock did, despite Warnock's style, football woeful, transfer record, and all-round ta- all short-termism? It's a loaded question there, Ben. Yeah, um, fucking cheers for that. I um, don't think the, the football was that dire under Warnock. It was. I really enjoyed some of the football. It got a yeah. bit bad towards the end. And I also don't think the transfer record is horrific as people make out either. Every manager has a few buns, but like, Warnock wasn't superb. But some people sort of make out like he never signed a good player for us. Yeah. Tom, what were you going to say then? Oh, no, it's just every manager has a few bums, just made me laugh. Some <laughs> 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 no, okay, laugh I, 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 agree, I agree with you on the transfer thing, right? Like, there, there are so many people who will point to the fact that you spent a bit of money on Flint and, uh, and people were, were pointing to Volks recently, but Volks, I think, is a good signing. Um, but they would never go Etheridge, Mendes Lang. They would never go that you got the best out of people like Peltier. I don't um, think it's them that stand out, though. I think it's the Shamaks and Richardsons and people like that. I think I don't think they question the ones who played. It's the ones who turned up and then are shipped out the door in about four weeks. But they they no. made but they made sense at the time. Sort of, they came in yeah. on short term contracts on pay as you play deals. It wasn't like yeah, Warnock got them in and gave them five year contracts and a hundred grand a week. Um, it's really, really sort of. There's two scores with Warnock at the moment, I see. Some people still absolutely idolise the bloke, and yeah. there are some where he was the worst thing to ever happen to the club. The revisionists are coming yeah, through. Yeah, it's, really, it's really weird at the moment, sort of, the area where Warnock is. Um, yeah, like any manager, Warnock had a few shockers, and clearly with Warnock, we all know how he operates. It was probably a couple of backhanders somewhere. Like Warnock made a few quid off Shamak and Richley coming into the club. Let's not be stupid about that. Allegedly. 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 Fucking hell, Ben. <laughs> I didn't finish my sentence. No, you weren't going to say it. Look, we have to run this past the lawyers again. Um, <laughs> I, I see people criticising Warnock's transfers from last summer when he signed Pack Flint, Volks. Um and people didn't like that. They 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 cite Bakuna as a a bad signing, but Bakuna was just the. I mean, he's not been a bad signing. He's a decent footballer. And he's put in some good performances. He was just signed when we were wanting to spend another fifteen million pound on a striker. That's all it was. He was a wrong player at the wrong time. Anyway, we could talk about that another day. Allegedly, all that shit. Um, but let's move on to Rotherham, which is actually the Neil Warnock derby. Uh, of course, he was manager at Rotherham before he came to Cardiff. Um, it's a very Neil Warnock-style club. I've got here resurgent Rotherham, Tom. Uh, they're third in the form table, wins recently against Derby twice. Borough, Preston, draws with Stoke, lost to Swansea. But they're beating teams well. They beat Derby 3-0, they beat Borough 3-0. Does this game worry you? Uh, no, I, I, I don't think it's as much of a walkover as people would expect when you say Rotherham. Like they're on a bit of a run, but it, I wouldn't go as far as saying it worries me. I still, I'd still fancy us to get three points. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, kind of have to really. Um, with the, you know, they're not far behind us now. As much as we six are, six pointer. Kind of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is a bit of a six pointer. Like as much as we're starting to look above us a little bit again, we are still in and around that relegation mix. So it's a, it's a big, big game for us. I've got here, Ben, that they're five points behind us, Rotherham. All of a sudden, 11th place is in our sight because we've got games in hand. I think if we've got a game in hand over the team, we're in 11th at the moment and we're only four points behind them, maybe even three points behind them, I can't remember. Is it time for us to lay down a marker? 
like you know Rotherham are a team on the up, but we're we're solid all of a sudden under McCarthy. If we if we play like we did yesterday, are we gonna are we gonna win? Are we gonna you know do the basics good again and then come out with the result? Yeah, if you can frustrate them, they're not exactly a team blessed with sort of superstar names that you sort of strike the fear into you. They just play well as a unit altogether. If you can disrupt that, then definitely we should be there. And it's a game we should definitely be targeting three points for. If you can tell me, E, or oh, actually, that's no, a bit. Oh, Chet Evans scored for Preston yesterday. Oh. Uh, if you can tell me any of their scorers, well, he's a cunt, isn't he? If you can tell me any of their score, scorers from the Derby game recently, um, I'll give you a fiver. So you have two guesses each. I'll go to you first, Tom. Smith. There is a Smith in there, but you got to tell me his first name. Oh, is it Michael? Yeah. There you go. Fiver for me. <laughs> All right. No more guesses for you, Ben. <laughs> I'd struggle to name any of their team. They're sort of one of those sides that you sort of. Like literally, I pay no attention to them unless we're paying, playing them. They're sort of just like a really, really sort of nothing side. I couldn't tell you one of their players. I generally can't well, think of I who looked, they've got. I looked at a team yesterday um, and none of the names jump out to me. I think Freddie Ladapo up front, they just signed Lewis Wing from uh, Middlesbrough. Um, and on the bench, they have Sean McDonald, who's a Welsh former Welsh international. I think, did he go to the Euros? I can't remember. No. no, he didn't go to the Euros, but Swan, um, former Swans, didn't he? He former stands Swans out for me because he, he was at Fulham, money for a bit. Oh, cool! That's a question. He's got the, yeah, the ginger book. Yeah, and then <laughs> on FIFA, it was like FIFA 17. There was a glitch with him. Something went with him, and on my career mode, at the age of 35, he was rated 92. <laughs> he's been <laughs> he around did, for ages. He didn't play for Fulham, but I'll talk you through his career so far. So he's 32. Um, born in Swansea, started his career at Swansea. 2005-2011, he was at Swansea, he played 24 times. Yeovil. 2009, Yeovil. 2009 again, Yeovil. 2010, Yeovil. 2010 to 11, Yeovil. 2011, Yeovil. <laughs> he had five <laughs> five separate loan spells at Yeovil. Then he went to Bournemouth, Wigan, where I believe he had um, a pretty bad broken leg at Wigan. He yeah. was out for a bit. Uh, and now he's at Rotherham, and he seems to be, he's on, he had 12 appearances so far this season. Um, it's quite nice seeing another Welsh international. Maybe um, you know, with our record of signing Welsh players, we'll sign him next season. I just talked why I thought he was at Fulham because it was career mode, and obviously he transferred there in the game. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, I, I used to play football manager quite religiously, and I think it was during Reese Weston's final years at the Car- at Cardiff, and um, I just released him because he wasn't playing. And I got fed up of him, so I released him on the game. And I remember going to a Cardiff game, looking round, going. Why is Reese Weston still here? Because <laughs> I'd obviously just imported my brain into playing football manager so much that um, I thought I thought it was real life. But you do develop irrational hatred for players that on like those games, don't you? Sort of players that act up or don't perform for you suddenly you think they're shit in real life when they can be class. Yeah, who are yours? John Parkin was one for me. Football manager in uni. Absolute nightmare. Every week, just kept on coming to me asking why he wasn't playing. Because <laughs> I'm a manager at Man United and you're still here somehow. Um, <laughs> mine was always um, Adjumang, the the former QPR Preston striker. He'd, he'd, he'd he was like this is going back a few years. Obviously, he'd always be on like a nine hour goal scoring barren run, and then he'd play me and score twice. <laughs> it's just like that's just classic football manager, isn't it? Um, right, Rotherham, Tom. What's your predictions for the game? Uh, I think we'll win 1-0. Ooh, bad. I'll go for a 2-1 win. Ooh, 
Oh, I'm going to go 3 1 win. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, that's Tuesday night, isn't it, lads? Tuesday night, big one. Well, unless rather than pull another game, don't they? So what have they had postponed so far? COVID for us. Snow for Snow- us, it was. It was snow for us. It wasn't COVID for us. Yeah, frozen pitch. Oh, sorry. Frozen pitch for us. COVID for, oh, it was COVID for Derby. Yeah. Waterlogged pitch yesterday. I can't remember and how many games behind they are. There is um, snow. There are only two games behind, actually. There is snow forecast for um, Rotherham on Monday. So, Yo, is the game in Rotherham? Yeah, it's away. It's the one from before, yeah. Oh, let's have a look. Let's let's do a live weather check. Rotherham. <laughs> oh, great new feature. Great new feature, live <laughs> weather check. Tomorrow, <laughs> snow is a 50% chance of snow for much of the day. Tuesday, it's going to be minus... Minus one at kickoff, lads. Go ask what's, the wind, what's, the, what's the wind chill factor with that? Um, it's 14, so I think it's going to maybe feel like minus three. I don't know how to read the BBC weather. <laughs> this is uh, this is groundbreaking podcast. Groundbreaking podcasting <laughs> from the view from the Nimi Urn. Uh, People we'll on Spotify to... don't know what they're missing. No, they really don't know what they're missing. I need to look that up. Let's go over to Thomas Schaffernacker now for the weather forecast ahead of our games. Um, we'll end this week with the view from the Indian Hall of Fame. Feels like a shorter pod this week, but that's because we've got another pod being recorded tomorrow night with Mark Hudson, which if you listen to this, it'll be tonight when you listen to this podcast on a Monday. And then by... It's, it's, it's too confusing to do calendars at this stage. Um, but let's go to the view from the Indian Hall of Fame where, Ben, you've been running the numbers... Um, and you've got an updated table, which we've probably been saying wrong each week. Yeah, so I, th- I thought instead of sort of making up as we go along, which is, to be honest, classic view from any way, uh, I'd go back and sort of check using the hashtag I suggested last week of seeing how how it was coming along, who was the, ma- who was the official man of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes, Mr. Benjamin James has four wins. Get in. Myself, I have five wins. That's Ben uh, Price. Ben Price. But man of the people is Mr. Tom Phillips, Bastard. who currently has seven wins. And that is before I totaled up this week because I forgot to do that because I'm a penis. Um, and this week goes like that. In last place, shockingly, <laughs> oh. was Brad Smith's lone move. How many votes did it get, like percentage-wise? 12%. That's mental. That I is forgot, mental. I forgot about this vote completely. So the uh, rough, rough calculations, look at the amount of people that voted. Um, he got 22 slash 23 votes. That Honestly, that feels like 22 slash 23 too many. That's, that's, 20, <laughs> that's 22 people not looking at who they pressed. Yeah, they must have yeah, they must have just read it wrong somehow. Or Brad Smith's got a lot of burner accounts. Yeah, which is also fine. Yeah. Second place was me with Victor Camarasa's amazing gaming setup. Nice. Uh, that got 35%. But Congrats. the winner with 53% and moving on to eight wins is Man of the People, Tom Phillips, with Shay- with uh, Duffy's Game from Hell, as I call it. If you're going to push a transfer through, that's how you do it. It's a cracky way of doing it. So that puts you on eight now, Tom. Yeah. Bloody hell, double me. Well, now's my time to redeem myself. So I'll be saying it after you say yours, Tom, because the winner always goes first. Well, I feel like I said this every week. I'm going to take you back to 2016. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the best year of anyone's life. 
Yeah, it's the, it's the only time I've ever watched Cardiff. Um, yeah, I'm going to take you back to when we played Ipswich and the Warnock Bamba bust up. Because we, we, we've mentioned Warnock quite a bit recently and obviously Bamba's been um, in the news with us. And it just it was just an incident that summed up both of them, didn't it, really? Just two fiery characters just scuffling on the side of the pitch. And it just looked mad. Just Bamba towering over Warnock with Warnock with his hands round Bamba's neck pretty much with the, by the scruff of the neck. and But it, it summed up that time where there was that kind of edge about our team, but it was all forgotten about the next day. And like, it, it, it's just the type of characters that like our fan base absolutely love, like fiery on the pitch and off the pitch. But, you know, they know when to like dial it back in then. And, you know, they were best mates the next day. And I don't know. Yeah, it was just, just typified that being a Cardiff fan. Loved it, loved it. Le- uh, loved it. Um, I'll go next um, because we've talked about it already. Um, and it's Harry Wilson being a shit house. Um, if you were on Twitter yesterday, you'd have seen some Bristol fans accusing Harry Wilson of stamping on a player. Um, I don't condone it, but I'm also not angry about it. Um, <laughs> I like that needle from a footballer. I don't think he did it deliberately. If you look, he's not really looking where he's going and he's trying to move his feet out from underneath him. But I also like this. The fact that Harry Wilson, as we said, this kind of rosy-cheeked cherub um, who looks like the wind would blow him over sometimes, loves the needle. He likes to get stuck in. He likes to wind up other players. He doesn't mind taking a, cha- a tackle now and then. Um, and I think he, he quite likes enjoying winding up other fans. Um, and I just think he's he's very much a Cardiff City player in that regard because Lee Tomlin likes doing that as well. He likes winding up other fans and getting involved. And I think Harry Wilson's in that mould somewhat. Um, so I'm going to go Harry Wilson being a shithouse uh, for this week's Hall of Fame. Ben Price, you can finish us off. Um, So for me, 2021 has been a wild year this year. We've had rednecks trying to overthrow the American government. We've had neckbeards on Reddit bring down Wall Street. But I think the most surprising thing to come out of 2021 is the feud of Mark Denham versus Henry Lansbury. (laughs) Um, Just throughout the commentary... Um, which was actually really good. Ashley and Mark were really, really enjoyable against Bristol. They sort of just sticking the needle in whenever they could. It was good fun to watch, and I'm all for it. They get enough grief from City fans. If they're doing something well, more than happy to applaud it. But what I really did not understand or realise is that Mark Denham really, really fucking hates Lansbury. Any chance he could, he was sticking the boot in, much like Harry Wilson clearly was in the box. Um, and yeah, it was just, I'm all for it. More of that, Mark Denham versus the world. I'm here for it. I agree. I agree. Um, what I will say about Henry Lansbury is that he is quite handsome. So he maybe. is a cock, though. He should have been yeah, sent he, off. He should have been sent off. Um, he should always be sent off. All Bristol players should be sent off whenever we play them. Um, that's the VFTN HOF hashtag VFTN HOF. Um, ben, when's it going live this week? That's gonna be Thursday, and I say Wednesday, but it's gonna be Thursday. It's, it's like more and more becoming a Thursday thing, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I've got lots of meetings on a Wednesday that I forget are happening. And then work get annoyed when I'm halfway through typing out the tweet, and then I forget to send it, and it all drifts into Thursday. It just you, you piss everyone off then because you piss us off for not doing it on time. 
Um, and this is this isn't a pub, this isn't a public conversation for the podcast. I don't mean to admonish you, Ben Price. You're doing a stand-up job there, kid. Um, so right, go to our Twitter page, VFT Ninian. That's at VFT Ninian. Stands for View from the Ninian. Um, wait for Thursday. Uh, search the hashtag VFTNHOF so you can see it before. And at the end of the season, we're going to have a big old vote off for this week, this week, this season's winner of the View from Ninian Hall of Fame. Um, and that's it, really, this week for a podcast. Um, we're interviewing uh, a former Cardiff legend tomorrow night, Ben, aren't we? We are. I'm really looking forward to it. And hopefully we'll get some nice stories out of him that we can clickbait on Twitter uh, and get a good interview overall for the podcast. So that'll be nice. Uh, Tom's not doing it because he's busy. Oh, all right. <laughs> just, uh, just Prince a... Charles worship and I heard. Yeah, that's what I heard I'm as well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's it for another week on The View from Ninian if you like what you do like what you do like what we do you can find us on all the podcast platforms you can go to co-fi.com forward slash VFT Ninian and you can give us some money there because we do this for free for you fuckers Um, so if you want to donate us a little bit of money you can go there you can set up a regular donation on a monthly basis or just a one-off donation Um, but that's it for another week from The View from Ninian Tom what are you doing tonight? I'm going to watch the Super Bowl uh, who do you want to win? Uh, just American football in general, really. Mm, gridiron. Good. Ben, mm. what about you? Uh, I'm probably going to bed soon. I'm absolutely knackered. I did a 30k bike ride today and I'm fucked. Oh, Ben. Get yourself an early night ready for another week of lockdown tomorrow. Another week has been sat at this exact desk. Yeah, there's fucking shit in it. Anyway, that's it. See you yeah, later, boys. Really half time, Have a good Bob. week. Your turn to get a ground round in. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is, I've already got hours waiting for us after this, and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking. So how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN to get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five. That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. <laughs>